When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hello, Vancouver. Hello, Portland. We're going to be in your cities Sunday, March 29th, Monday, March 30th. Go, Chuck. That's right. And this is Portland, Oregon. Since we've been to Portland, Maine, we need to specify now. Oh, yeah, that's right. But that'd be weird to go from Vancouver to Portland, Maine. (laughs) It would be. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we can't wait. We've been to both these towns. They've always been kind to us, but we are performing in larger venues this time. So we need you to come out and support us so we don't feel like dum-dums. And you can find out all the information, including where to buy tickets at sysklive.com. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's your other host, Charles W. Chuck Bryant there. There's Jerry Rowland, our producer, and this is Stuff You Should Know. Coyote edition. So how are we going to pronounce it? I mean, it's coyote, but coyote's kind of fun. But you could also pronounce it coyote, coyote. Sure. There's a lot of ways. Yeah. So I say coyote, but I don't think that that's technically correct. You think it's coyote? Maybe. Coyote? I think I just swallowed my tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of good band names in here, by the way, I noticed. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Call them all out. Well, I'll call out the first one right away. Genus Canis. Mm. It's pretty good. Okay. Uh, that is the uh, where coyotes are members of the genus Canis. Yeah, and Canis includes all dogs. Yeah, jackals, dogs, wolves. Uh, and dogs. And that's why I said dogs. I know, but there's <laughs> so many great dogs that you just got to say it twice. Well, I don't want to shortchange the jackals <laughs> of the world. <laughs> Who likes jackals? Nobody likes jackals. That's right. You know? Screw them. Right. Say them once. As a matter of fact, let's go back and beep out the second time we said that name. <laughs> but, hey, one thing about this, about uh, Family Canada, uh, which all dogs belong to, mm-hmm. it's a really old um, family. Sure. And it's native to North America. So, like, all yeah. those jackals, if mm-hmm. you want to talk about them some more, beep. that made it outside <laughs> of North America, yes. they started here. They didn't come from anywhere else. Yeah. They started in North America. Coyotes is North American as apple pie and granny and baseball. And dogs. And dogs. That's right. We've done a lot of episodes that are dog-related over the years. That's right. And I still haven't knocked out the one that I really want to do, which is the the first dog, like the first domesticated yeah, dog. that'd be a good one. They made that movie, but uh, I'm not sure if it had any truth to it whatsoever. Train spotting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
When that stuff happens, do you just say the first thing that comes into your head? <laughs> no, first thing that came into my head was Never Cry Wolf, but I was like, that makes too much sense. Oh, I remember that movie. That was a good one. Yeah. That, that was, was a good one. I, that was when we were uh, kids, right? Uh-huh. A Disney it a, jam. It was a Disney jam, but I think it was like a, a little, was it scary or is there something about it that made it like groundbreaking for Disney? I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I remember too. Uh, and then that that terrible looking Call of the Wild thing is out now. Why can't anybody just a real use animal? real stuff? <laughs> no, man. It's driving me crazy. Have you seen these Spectrum ads with Ellen DeGeneres on them? No. Is Apparently, they're just using CGI Ellen because Ellen, if, if it's not... I was making a joke. It's the weirdest makeup I've ever seen that actually makes her look CGI, but it, it looks so much like that. It's, it seems likelier to me that really? it's a CGI Ellen, and I don't understand why. Surely not. Uh, prove me wrong, world. Well, I'm thinking now, if I'm Ellen and they say, hey, we want to shoot a bunch of spots with you, we'll pay you $5 million, mm-hmm. or we'll pay you $3.5 million for your image likeness, right. you could stay at home. I would stay at home. I would travel. You would? <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's true. A million and a half bucks. Yeah. it's a lot of dough. I would travel. Plus, also, I mean, like, her spots in these Spectrum commercials are so small and limited. Mm-hmm. That it couldn't possibly take more than half of a day per spot. Yeah, and they and when you're a big star like that, you can dictate it. You can yeah, be like, sure, in, I'll do it. Out. You've got me for two hours. Right. You have to pay for the teleportation. That's right. You know? But it's – so, yes, the call of the wild thing, just stop. Yeah. Stop, everybody. Agreed. Stop. Yeah. Of course, maybe Harrison Ford was so stoned he didn't even realize <laughs> right. There wasn't a real dog? God bless him. <laughs> All right, so back to coyotes. Uh, there are uh, – they are – the scientific name is Canis latrans. Barking dog. Sure. <clears throat> Boy, they make a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. There are 19 subspecies. Uh, generally, it has to do with their range, but sometimes it can be bigger or smaller, different kind of coats. Um, and they – one thing we will learn throughout this whole thing is, and we need a T-shirt that says this, is dang it, the coyote cannot be stopped. No. Boy, do they persevere. There's probably no greater survivor. Maybe. Currently alive on Earth that's a mammal, at least, than a coyote. Yeah, I mean, we will see there have been <clears throat> efforts over the years to extinct them on purpose. Like a coyote Holocaust. Yeah, and the and the coyote just trots away with that signature bounce and gives the, the finger. And and is actually good luck. Yeah, and has actually expanded their range. Yep, and swollen in population. Yeah, despite an <laughs> effort to to drive them purposefully to extinction. Yeah, a well funded, really. Yeah, at different times too. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I feel very bad for coyotes. <clears throat> I do too. Um, one reason I wanted to do this one yeah. is because there's coyotes in, in Atlanta. There's coyotes <clears throat> in every major city in America almost. Yep. And there's coyotes a- around uh, Yumi's in my neighborhood. Yeah. And that means it's Momo's neighborhood too. Sure. And so Yumi went off on this like she found out about that and just started learning everything she could about coyotes. It's like we need a new fence. We got to get a coyote vest for Momo, which she now has. Mm-hmm. Is that um, one of the spiky things? Or? Yeah. Yeah. She looks adorable in it. They work for hawks and things too, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, I think they're one and the same. Yeah. Predator, um, predator vest. Sure. But I think it's called, the, like, the brand name is a coyote vest. I oh, okay. think. I think. Um, 
like we know a lot about coyotes because mm-hmm. they're in our neighborhood. And like the more we learn about it, the more it's like I hate them in in that they they would take Momo if they had a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also do feel bad for them too because they are uh, just trying to make their own way and live their, you know. They're just being a coyote. Right, exactly. I mean, Emily and I saw coyotes in our neighborhood in L.A., in Eagle Rock, on walks. Mm-hmm. And we saw— Oh, yeah, I'll bet. Uh, We've seen them in Atlanta. We saw one a few months ago at night mm-hmm. that looked very sick and was alone. Yeah. Um, but we will dispel some myths. Not every coyote you see alone is rabid. Not every coyote you see during the day is rabid. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get more into this. But they, if it weren't for people, coyotes would be out all the time during the day. Right. Yeah. They're, they're not di- nocturnal by nature. No, they're not. They're diurnal. And the or ones, naughty by nature. <laughs> the ones, well, they may be. The ones that um, that – that live closest to humans in urban areas or suburban areas have mm-hmm. actually adapted their behavior and become, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. I guess they are nocturnal, but they're most active at dawn and dusk. Right. But they're definitely not diurnal where they're active during the day and sleep at night. Right. Like they normally are. They've actually altered their behavior. Yeah. Which is just one of the many, coyotes are like, fine, that's, that's fine. Sure. We'll change. Yeah. We'll change <laughs> to stay alive. That's right. Uh I think another uh, Urban Coyote was another band name I thought was good, mm-hmm. and I actually looked that up, and of course there's an Urban Coyote band. Oh, is there? Yeah. Uh, speaking of Urban Coyotes, uh, they actually caught one in at Metro Atlanta recently. Oh, really? Very, very rare all-black coyote Ooh. named Carmine. Wow. And they trapped him. The big ragu? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. But I, I mentioned that trot. That's how you, like, if you're out walking at night or walking your dogs and you see what you think is a dog and it's got this, there's this little signature bouncy trot. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, no, 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 that's no dog. That's a coyote. That's a coyote. Yeah. All right. So back to coyotes in general. Uh, They are wolf-like, but they have narrow, uh, more narrow snouts. Uh, They're not quite as muscular. Um, Ed Grabinowski helped us put this together. He wanted to point out that they're bigger than foxes. Which I thought was funny. It seemed obvious to me that they're bigger than foxes, but maybe not everyone knows that. Well, the first uh, coyote that was spotted by Anglo-Americans, which was the uh, Lewis and Clark expedition, mm-hmm. um, they, they thought it was a fox from afar. And then when they shot one and got up close, they're like, oh, it's kind of wolf. Yeah, they don't look like foxes at all to me. No, but I guess it was like staying far enough away that sure. they couldn't tell. Who knows? And they were people were much dumber back then. They they were all smoking opium on that trip. <laughs> uh, I also like would like to acknowledge a stuff you should know first. Okay, we had a mid show producer change. Right, <laughs> Jerry started out the show about yeah. eight nine minutes ago. She said, "To heck with this." <laughs> She's had it. Now Jerry had to go. Uh, Jerry had to go do a call, and so Josh. Uh, Josh, Josh T. Josh T. stepped in. Welcome, Josh. Never happened before. No, thanks and for doing that. I wonder who's going to finish up the show. <laughs> I don't know. Our little pecking bird, perhaps. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You acted like you didn't get the reference. The dipping bird. The, yeah, the dipping bird. Uh, so, coyotes, bigger than a fox, <laughs> smaller than an elephant. Sure. Uh, they're ta- nose to tail body length. Uh, usually about two to five feet. Yeah, they basically look like somebody took a shrink ray on a wolf and just dropped it by like 30%. Yeah, 20 to 50 pounds. Their fur, brown, tan, kind of gray, kind of mottled. Uh, and, you know, that's a coyote. Yeah. 
They he, eat mammals mostly, but we'll also there are omnivores. They'll eat berries if there's a lot of berries. Oh yeah, they'll eat. They love fruit. They love figs apparently. But ninety percent of their <clears throat> diet is mammals supposedly. Here's the thing: if you're just kind of like coyotes, cool, whatever. They're related to dogs, and they're you know all over the place. I want you to just, first of all, listen to this episode, but then just start, like, researching coyotes. You will be astounded Mm -hmm. and amazed at every turn. Coyotes like fruit. So do you know what coyotes do? They climb trees and balance on branches Mm -hmm. so that they can get all the fruit that they want. Look it up. Yeah. Look up pictures of coyotes climbing trees. They take small animals like dogs out of the backyard so coyotes can jump over fences six feet or under and squeeze through slats of pickets three inches or wider. They also yeah. dig under if they need to. They you know do what else? all sorts of crazy stuff. A coyote will say, hey, lizard, come here, your lunch. Yeah. They'll eat lizards. <laughs> they will. So they'll eat just about they'll anything. They'll eat insects? Yeah, they'll eat insects. They'll, um, they specialize in rodents, small mammals, sure. rabbits, that yeah. kind of thing. But they will eat just about anything. And one of the things that astounded me the most is, um, and I know we're hopping all over the place here. That's right. And I don't want this to just devolve into like, here's a cool coyote effect, but it may. Hey, that's all right. They engage in this social behavior called fission fusion. Where they can be, they're totally fine hunting alone, Mm -hmm. living alone, but they're also totally fine hunting in packs, Mm -hmm. living in packs, depending on the kinds of resources available. So if there's like deer in an area, Mm -hmm. a coyote can't take a deer down on their own, but a coyote... If there's deer available in the area, they'll get with other coyotes in the area. So you see that guy over there? And hunt in a pack. Yeah. But normally, they just hunt by themselves when there's, like, say, lots of rabbits because all it takes is one. But depending on the food available and the resources available and how many other coyotes are in the area, they'll come into and out of these fluid packs depending on uh, basically the, the situation. Like what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, here's another thing. Like we said, they eat small rodents and mammals usually but if you're an elk like with a head cold Mm -hmm. watch your back (laughs) because that coyote knows it that's true and he knows that you're not feeling well right and he might come at you with a buddy or two and feast on you right for a few days because of that fusion they've entered that fusion mode and now they're hunting in packs here's one thing you don't really need to worry about is a coyote attack on yourself it has happened yeah but it's very rare. One of the most astounding things I've ever seen is a coyote that was sneaking up on a little kid playing in their driveway. Mm-hmm. Must have been in California or something like that. Yeah. And the family cat comes tearing around the side of the house. Yeah. As at the moment the coyote's about to pounce on the kid and jumps onto the coyote. I've seen that one. Pushes off of the coyote. The coyote takes off. The cat saved the little kid's life. Yeah, I it's saw... It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I saw one just from last night. Uh, a group of... A pack of coyotes was fended off by a cat. And they caught up... Someone caught it oh, all yeah, on yeah, their yeah. house camera. Uh-huh. You don't mess with cats, man. No, I know. They're they're vicious. Yeah. So, so yeah. In that one, if you watch closely, uh, you can show me that one. The one of the coyotes. She's all over the coyote she's, thing. Isn't yeah, she? <laughs> she's basically watching animal snuff movies for a little while researching. I'm like, you have to stop this. This can't be healthy for yeah. you. But um, but 
Like she'd just be sitting in bed with her knees pulled up to her chest like they're not going to get Momo. They're not going to get Momo. But uh, one of those coyotes, to get out of the way of the cat, just jumps right up on like this five-foot wall right next to it, like a vertical leap up onto the wall. Yeah, like it's not even there. Like it's nothing. Amazing. But But yes, cats don't mess around with coyotes. It's pretty amazing. So uh, they live usually only about six to eight years in the wild. <clears throat> um they have seen them as old as 10 or 15, but I kind of wondered about dogs and, like, just a dog in the woods that never – a feral dog that mm-hmm. never was claimed. <clears throat> like, if that really was a short lifespan as well. Probably. Kind of curious. Compared to a domestic dog, for sure. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if you are a coyote, <clears throat> you will choose your mate for life, which is very, very sweet. Yeah. Uh, unless – that mate dies, and then they are allowed to go out and find a new mate. <laughs> Socially, it's okay. Yeah. But, yeah, they, they um, mate for life. They raise their young together. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the young grow up really quick. They usually have about litters of, I think I saw six on average. Yeah. But it can be as low as three. I'm sure it can go even lower than that. But it can get up into the teens. Yeah, if they need them. And this is why coyotes have proven utterly impossible to exterminate, mm-hmm. thankfully. We stopped trying to do that, but for a very long time we tried to, and we'll talk about that more later. But the reason why it proved impossible is because coyote mothers basically change the number of coyotes they have in their litter mm-hmm. depending on how the population is expanding or contracting. It's amazing. And they do this. One of the ways that they figured out they do this is that coyote howl where you hear a coyote howling nearby and then some other one is off in the distance and then another one even further off. Yeah. They figured out that they are basically taking a census. Yeah. How many you got? And the lack of a response will actually trigger a hormonal change in female coyotes who are reproductive age and they will have more pups than they would have if they gotten a response to their call. Unbelievable. (laughs) Uh, they have their – we'll talk about their families in a sec, but they raise their young in dens. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they will make their own den, but a lot of times they will take over the den of another animal and uh, renovate it, make it their own, mm-hmm. usually expand it, make it a little bigger. Put up a little macrame. Yeah, maybe at a steam shower perhaps. Oh, nice. You never know. Uh, they return to their dens if they can uh, year after year if it's available. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you will find them in weird places, though, like a drainage tunnel or in the crawl space of a house or something. But right. those are obviously urban coyotes. Yeah. And so their their territory actually is – it can be really big. It can be really small. It depends on how dense their food sources are. Yeah. They, they're really <clears throat> uh, flexible. Yep. With, with how they live their lives. Like in every single way, shape, or form. So, so much so, I mean, we talked about the fission and the fusion – um, social structure. It's just this fluid social structure. Um, in a pack, the basic unit of, of a coyote society is the family, the mother and the father, the two alphas, mm-hmm. and then their offspring are betas. Yeah, this gets really interesting. And their offspring, again, depending on the resources, they may stick around and help raise another litter. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are called helpers. Yep. They may stick around and basically just mooch. Yeah. They call those slouches. Yeah, slouches are the ones who come home from Appalachian State <laughs> and spend a lot of time on the couch. Right. But they're there. They're in the pack. Right. But it just says here they're not contributing in any way. Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, and then so some some betas, depending, like if food starts to get scarce or whatever, some alphas will be like, you, you need to go. It's time for you to go find your own territory, your own range. Go be a loner. Go find a mate. 
just get out of the basement, basically. Yes. Um, but other times they might be allowed to stay, depending on the food sources. And, and that's where that fusion and fission kicks in. That's right. Uh, all right, maybe we should take a break here. Okay. And we'll talk about uh, loner coyotes right after this. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Today's episode is brought to you by Altoids because, let's face it, unraveling the mysteries of the universe is tough work. But with Altoids, your breath will be stronger than a black hole's gravitational pull, more intense than an alien abduction, and more reliable than your phone's battery during a podcast marathon. When it comes to needing intense freshness, Altoids have you covered. Altoids are stronger than your favorite conspiracy theory, more intense than the latest true crime docuseries, and more reliable than a Bigfoot sighting. They're not just mints, they're curiously strong mints. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today. All right, we're back, and we were talking about uh, the pack size, how it can shift depending on the resources. Uh, There are also loner coyotes. Uh, Maybe they're a beta. They got kicked off the couch finally. Sure. Or maybe they are an aged-out alpha. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, if you see a coyote by uh, him or herself, that doesn't mean – maybe I should say itself – doesn't necessarily mean they're rabid because you get on these Facebook neighborhood pages and there's coyote sightings and people lose their minds and it, yeah. give out a lot of bad information. It goes both ways. People are either like say, kill them, kill it, kill it with fire as fast as you can. Uh-huh. Or else other people are like, well, I've been feeding it for the last couple of weeks. It's nice. It likes to come play with my dogs. Right. Or it's out during the day. It's, a, it's rabid for sure. Right. Or it was by itself, so it was rabid. Yeah. There aren't. There haven't been big outbreaks of r- rabid coyotes in many, many, many years. Yeah, apparently they they made a concerted effort to eradicate rabies among coyotes, and so not just coyotes, but I think mammals in in the wild in general. Yeah, and so they started basically dropping vaccines, dropping wolf in bait, bait basically. <laughs> <laughs> but vaccinated, would you say wolf bait? I don't think that's a widely known term that my my buddy Eddie used to say that for farting. He's dropping wolf bait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he might have made that up. So imagine <laughs> if that was vaccinated. That's what they were doing. Okay. And um, dropping wolf bait. That's that's good stuff. I got to say, it's nice having Josh T. laughing over there. And yeah. Not Jerry's just permanent lack of care. Right. <laughs> no idea. No idea. Um, so they actually managed to largely get rid of rabies among coyotes from what we understand. Yeah. So maybe we should talk about the beginnings 
Go ahead. I was going to say, but they do definitely carry distemper. And they can carry rabies. It's not to say, right. like, there are rabid coyotes. It's just not a big problem. And one of those Facebook commenters I, I quoted saying, that likes to come play with my dogs. That actually happens. Coyotes are known to play with dogs. That's how Carmine, the rare black um, coyote, mm-hmm. was trapped. He made friends with the Great Pyrenees in Smyrna. Aww. And was playing around, and, like, they finally set up some traps in the yard, and he he fell for one of them. Um, Those Pyrenees are beautiful dogs. They really are. But um, that Pyrenees hopefully had distemper vaccines mm-hmm. because just playing with the coyote, it can, right. be, it, can, it can get distemper, and that's not something you want your dog to have. No, not at all. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the beginnings of the coyotes. They were, uh, or at least what we think— is that coyotes and wolves and then a now extinct uh, other kind of dog, mm-hmm. basically, were around and they were sort of the starting point for what are coyotes and wolves. Mm-hmm. But they were apparently much more like coyotes than wolves, so they generally think that coyotes were sort of the, the OG, evolutionarily speaking. Right, right. I saw also that um, there's a line of thinking that they descended from red wolves, oh, whose range still is over the southeast in Texas. I think there's still a few around today. Um, but the uh, the however they started, it, it happened anywhere from I think two million years ago to three hundred thousand years ago. Yeah. Coyotes evolved, and again here in North America, this is their their um, home continent. But as they um, started to evolve, the ones that first came along were bigger and um, heavier than the coyotes we know today. Yeah. But the problem is, is they were in direct competition based on their size Mm -hmm. with wolves. Right. And wolves are, and have always been, much more aggressive hunters. Mm -hmm. They don't tolerate other aggressive predators in their range. Mm -mm. So they'll go after a coyote. Oh, yeah. And so, this is really interesting. Over over the years, um, just from living with wolves, coyotes apparently started to shrink down in size mm-hmm. so that they could fill an ecological niche that had been left open, rodents and rabbits. Yeah. Which wolves don't care that much about. Wolves want to take down like caribou and elk and they hunt in packs exclusively. They don't yeah. care about rabbits, right? So, that, that left the, the rabbits to the coyotes and coyotes kind of shrunk in size and started going after that. And then one other thing that happened too, Chuck, was that meant that because they were confronting wolves, the coyotes that were more aggressive and went after wolves or went to go fight wolves when wolves are around. Would die. They died out. Yeah. Which left... Just the timid ones, right? Yeah. So coyotes, that's why you won't find coyotes that are super aggressive these days mm-hmm. uh, because in order to survive the wolf challenge, mm-hmm. uh, that's another good band name. Yeah. <laughs> they wolf w- challenge is an amazing band Yeah, name. that's not bad. There's a lot of wolf bands, though. Wolf Parade and— Wolf Mother? Wolf Mother. Yeah. Other Wolves. Yeah. That's not the name of a band. Other, other wolves. wolves? No. It might be. It could be. Um, yeah, so those those are the ones that stuck around. Uh, and like we said, coyotes are – that's just another example of how bad they want to survive. Um, these days, they are listed as a species of least concern, mm-hmm. which means don't – we don't have to do anything. Nothing. No conservation efforts whatsoever. The only conservation effort that has been – uh, hung on coyotes is that there's a law that says we we are not allowed to drive them to extinction, which right. is a reversal of uh, original policy, as we'll see. Should we go ahead and talk about that? Well, yeah, let's. 
So, yeah, there was a policy, uh, when was it, in the 1930s? Starting in the 19th century, I think. Okay, where they basically said, I mean, a lot of it was sensationalist journalism, but that basically the coyotes were the scourge of the earth. Yeah. And they will kill every chicken and every sheep on your and every cow on your property right. and your horses, and we got to get rid of them all. Yeah, so basically it was a response to um, Anglo-American ranchers well, actually, any American ranchers moving westward, um, farming cattle and sheep and all that, um, and they were just being predated on by wolves. So, really, they went after wolves first. Right. And they were really successful at almost driving all wolves to extinction because wolves hunt in packs. Mm -hmm. And so, if you kill enough wolves, they don't have enough wolves to hunt in that pack any longer, and right. the remaining survivors starve to death, right? So they really worked at getting rid of wolves, and it was really effective. Coyotes were less effective, but they started the coyotes started preying on the um, the prey that the wolves were no longer around to prey on. Yeah. So they went after coyotes, and they went after them big time. They killed hundreds of thousands, millions and millions and millions of coyotes over the years. Yeah, with like sponsored, I think they... Uh, they said, Congress, give us $10 million for the next 10 years, mm -hmm. and we'll take care of them all. Right. And uh, about the same time, so that was the biological survey. Yeah, the, that was 1928. The Eradication Methods Laboratory of the Bureau of Biological Survey. <laughs> um, they basically said, we're, we're going to start coming up with strychnine pills and like um, little misters that shoot um, uh, cyanide in, in the coyote's face. And yeah. They were lacing carcasses with all this poison, and they were killing off all sorts of other animals too, but no one cared because everyone hated the coyote so much yeah. that, that they just didn't care how many other animals died just as long as we were getting rid of the coyotes. But around that time, biologists started to be like, wait a minute, I'm not entirely certain it's a good idea to yeah. get rid of predators or any kind of animal that we find a nuisance. Like, that's probably not the way we should be doing things. Yeah, and it also coincided with um, sort of a, an anti-poison movement yeah. where people were like, wait a minute, maybe we shouldn't be putting poison all over our forests right. for just any old animal to die if it comes near it. Yeah, and that was the around the 30s, the beginning of the 30s, but the, the, um, the government said, no, we're getting rid of we're getting rid of coyotes. The ranchers' interests are above the coyotes' interests. Yeah, big money, you know, talking. Right. So not only did they poison them, they would shoot them from airplanes and helicopters. Mm -hmm. And still today, apparently, kill tens of thousands of coyotes by shooting at them from helicopters. Like, taxpayer-funded programs do that. Yeah, they, they, they definitely are still culling coyotes, and coyotes are still giving them a little skinny paw middle finger. Right. So by the 70s, Richard Nixon apparently banned the use of poisons. Had no idea about that. Look at him. Signed the Endangered Species Act of 1973, and that gave the coyotes enough breathing room to basically say, okay, we're not going to go extinct. But here's the thing. Because we were so successful at wiping out wolves, mm -hmm. the coyotes, which had been limited almost exclusively to the southwestern United States, yeah. started to spread. And 
where the wolves had once been, coyotes started popping up in places they'd never been seen before. Yeah, southeastern United States, they're, they've been spotted in Central America at this point. They were found in 1940 on the Apostle Islands in Wisconsin, wow. which is at least from what I could tell, a half a mile swim from the mainland. Amazing. And apparently they're pretty good swimmers too. Um, and then they started to move into the suburbs and then they started to move into the cities. Mm-hmm. And now today there's a guy uh, at Ohio State named Stanley Gert who specializes in studying coyotes in Chicago, downtown Chicago. Wow. Has hundreds of coyotes living in alleyways and crevasses and all sorts of places right out of sight of human beings. And they just come out at night and they've learned how to navigate traffic and just basically stay out of sight. Oh, if you look, if you just type in urban coyotes to your favorite search engine and look Mm -hmm. under images, there are pictures of coyotes like in the middle of like strip malls and with, you know— casinos behind them and right. like they're just everywhere. Yeah. Like I, I'm surprised I haven't seen one in Times Square at this point. Wasn't it in Heat where they show that coyote like crossing the street or crossing the highway? I haven't seen that in so long. I'm pretty sure it's in Heat. Good movie. Yeah. Should we take another break? Let's do it. All right. More coyote speak right after this. <laughs> All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Today's episode is brought to you by Altoids because, let's face it, unraveling the mysteries of the universe is tough work. But with Altoids, your breath will be stronger than a black hole's gravitational pull, more intense than an alien abduction, and more reliable than your phone's battery during a podcast marathon. When it comes to needing intense freshness, Altoids have you covered. Altoids are stronger than your favorite conspiracy theory, more intense than the latest true crime docuseries, and more reliable than a Bigfoot sighting. They're not just mints, they're curiously strong mints. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today. So uh, just just to point this out one more time, if you remember from our Lyme disease episode, we concluded that if we hadn't wiped out wolves, ticks wouldn't have been able to take over and expand mm-hmm. because the deer population wouldn't have exploded. That's right. There would not be coyotes in Chicago right now if the wolf population was stable in the United States or North America. Yeah, and coyotes also were able to live in and are able to live in urban environments, whereas wolves could not. Oh, no way. Uh, so they really were basically like, hey, we'll we'll go where the wolves won't go. We'll eat what the wolves won't eat. Yeah. We'll hunt by ourselves because the wolves can't. Right. And uh, look at us. We're going we're to thrive. Yeah, and without wolves, there's nothing to to keep them in check, to keep their population in check. 
No, angry Facebookers. That's it. <laughs> Basically. So that whole eradication campaign has been put to the side. There's definitely still lots of coyotes that are killed every year. Yeah, I think between 2006 and 2011, they killed more than half a million coyotes legally. I saw that there's a half a million that are killed a year. Still? Yeah, like one a minute every year. Wow. I've also seen 35,000. I don't know if it's just certain divisions are responsible for like half a million. Or maybe certain years they ramp up the efforts more than others. I don't know. But there, there are definitely still a tremendous amount of coyote deaths. But as we've seen... Coyotes have been um, extremely successful in the, the face of this extermination campaign um, just by by reproducing, Yeah, depending on the local the population. Needs. Yeah, yeah. and if you're a rancher, you're, you don't have to be a part of some program. Like, you're, you're taking care of things in the rancher way. Right. Which is traps, guns, yeah. poison. Yeah, there's no laws protecting coyotes whatsoever. Again, the only law, as far as I know, I think it's part of the Endangered Species Act that says we're not allowed to drive coyotes to extinction. But that's it. You can kill a coyote. The only things keeping you from shooting a coyote, like in city limits, are gun ordinances, basically. Yeah. You can kill a coyote any way you want. Um but here's the thing. Put a pillow over its face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go visit in the hospital. Uh-huh. Um, but the the thing is, is what they're starting to figure out now is because they're so successful that you don't actually want to kill them. Killing them has this ripple effect through their society where they start reproducing more it Makes pups. them stronger. And here's the other thing. If the coyote is still not, if it's not acting aggressively towards humans, if mm-hmm. it hasn't started to take pets, if you just know it's in the area, but it's trying to keep its distance, Mm -hmm. you may actually be better off with that coyote. Right. Because if you get rid of that coyote, another coyote is going to move in. Mm -hmm. And that coyote might be much more aggressive than the last one you just got rid of. Yeah. Like if you got a decent neighbor, Mm -hmm. maybe that's good enough. (laughs) So that's kind of like the idea that's dawning over people with coyote management is coyotes aren't going anywhere. Right. We tried. They're staying put. And the best you can hope for is one that keeps its distance and is afraid of humans. Yeah, which is generally what's going on in urban areas. Right. Uh, When we're talking about ranchers, the reason they're doing this is not just because they hate coyotes, is that they lose a lot of uh, animals due to uh, these predators. They that just sounded so mean. These predators. Uh, There's it's hard to get good stats, but the USDA said in 2015. Uh, there was self-reporting, which you always got to kind of wonder, of 33,000, uh, a little more in change, of adult sheep, 84,000 lambs mm-hmm. lost to co- coyotes. Poor little lambs. And uh, again, that's self-reported, so take it with a grain of salt. But they do lose a lot of animals and chickens and things like that. Right. Uh, I've gone on my soapbox before about keeping your cats inside. Not going to do that again except to say – Keep your cats inside. Yeah, if you have like, you know, you're on the fence about keeping your cats inside, you just watch some of the videos that Yumi's seen. Yeah, or just cats think, being taken. Do I want my cat to live several years longer? Right. Because the statistics show yeah. that outdoor cats don't live as long. And not just that, um, not just with cats too, but also with dogs. You sh- if, you, if there are coyotes in mm-hmm. the area, and there's a really good chance there are no matter where you live in the U.S., you um, do not. You should not leave your small dog, in particular, outside unattended. Yeah. You basically let them out, hang out with them, and then let them back in. You definitely don't leave them out at dusk or at dawn by themselves or overnight. That's right. 
we said you don't need to worry too much about being attacked as a human. Uh, there were a couple of kind of grisly cases. Uh, one that's just very difficult to even talk about, frankly, in 1981. A little three-year-old girl was dragged from her driveway in California. Mm-hmm. And the dad did rescue her, but she died as a result of her injuries from that fracas. Uh, in 2009, there was a really strange thing in Canada where a 19-year-old woman uh, was stalked and killed by at least two coyotes w- yeah. while hiking yeah. in the middle of the day. And this is apparently the only like only adult human killed by coyotes on record. So, yeah, and the only explanation for that that I could possibly come up with is that she was around their den. Mm-hmm. It was around their pup raising time. Right. Say spring and summer is a pretty bad time to be around a they coyote They get den. real defensive of their turf. Yeah. And then thirdly, that those were um, mated with wolves. Oh, interesting. Because when the coy- the coyotes will mate with dogs, they'll mate with wolves. It's not like super sure. widespread, but it does happen in producing coy dogs and coy wolves. But the coy wolves in particular can be much more aggressive than your standard coyote. Yeah. So I wonder if those three factors pay, played a, a role in it. Probably. It was definitely an outlier. It's it's very, I mean, it's sad no matter what, but that girl also, she was like an up-and-coming country singer, like on the verge of, of oh, really? breaking out. Yeah. Taylor Mitchell? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, they say, like we said, that these kill coyote programs don't even work that well huh. and that there is uh, there are statistics to back up the fact that um, non-lethal methods of coyote control are more effective, which we're talking about scaring them, like wind chimes and air horns. Mm-hmm. They're really skiddy and jumpy. So if you make a lot of noise in front of a coyote, they're probably going to bolt. Yeah, it's called hazing. Yeah. And you don't, like, anytime you see a coyote around your area, really anywhere, just be a good neighbor, mm-hmm. you want to haze them. You want to know you, my house. Do not just <laughs> let it happen. No. Just Don't just let it pass by. Yeah. Like, you need to take that opportunity to haze them to keep them feeling insecure. Drink, the more secure, drink. <laughs> Right. <laughs> the more secure uh, uh, a coyote feels, the more ch- the more... Um, brazen. audacious yeah. and brazen they're going to become coming totally. into your yard, trying to take your, your dog or your cat. So you want to haze them every chance you get so that they know to stay over there. This is their turf. This is your turf, right? That's so right. if you have an umbrella, you want to open the umbrella. This says to pick <laughs> up your small dog. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I, yeah, sure. I've also and read, throw it at the coyote. <laughs> right. I've also read you don't want to do that because you make yourself small when you do that. And you, when, when you're hazing a coyote, you want to make yourself as big as possible. What do you mean you make yourself small? When you squat down to pick up your dog, oh. you seem smaller than you do standing up with your arms spread. Well, but do it very quickly. Well, but the better thing to do is keep your dog on a non-flexy lead, yeah. like a straight leash. No stink anyway. Uh, it's no more than like six feet in length. And yeah. just keep it, just pull it back close to you while you're like waving your arm and shouting at the coyote to go away. Yeah, and I also thought it was funny that Ed pointed out that, like, even if you have a big dog that could, like, kill a coyote, Mm -hmm. like, is someone going to say, like, oh, I think you can take him. Go! Get him, Zeus. (laughs) Yeah, maybe not. Some people would. No, you never know. Have you seen those Irish wolfhounds? Mm, Sure. They're, like, the largest largest dogs. Yeah, Yeah. they're wolfhounds. They're, like, bred to take on wolves. Uh-huh. So they could take on a coyote. <laughs> I could see so. that having that temptation be like, you yeah, know, my dog really could take on this coyote. <laughs> Maybe. What did I – oh, no, that was dingoes that I petted in uh, Australia. Mm. Of course, they weren't coyotes. It's not North America. Mm-hmm. But dingoes were a little – they weren't dogs either. And, and it were was – Were they like foxes? 
No, I mean, they look like dogs, but when you're around them, and this was at a oh, place yeah, where you can hold koalas right, and stuff like that, right. it was obvious that it's not a dog. No, they're wild dogs, right? Well, Aren't not they? I, I don't even think they're wild dogs. Um, or maybe. You I keep mean, they're, talking. D- they're totally related. But I just remember getting the sense, um, Scotty and I both did, my friend that was with me, uh-huh. um, whom you know. They just, there was a, a certain, the way they carried themselves, I'm just like, you're not a dog. It literally is a dog, Canis lupus dingo. So it's a subspecies of, like, dogs. Yeah, but what I'm saying, not a dog, like not a domesticated dog. Yeah, no, I got you. It's you, a wild dog. You, yeah, you can just tell the difference. Yeah. And I'm sure the same is true with coyotes because koi dogs, like you said, are things. Look at that cute little dingo. <laughs> um, koi dogs are and koi puppies are super adorable. And technically you can raise one and even a full coyote. If you get it as a puppy, you could have it as a pet. This but is a really bad idea. It's not a good idea because they are coyotes and the coyote's going to coyote. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it has happened. There are, you know, you see those eccentric people out there that – have like a pet coyote. Mm-hmm. It, it's a thing, but it's just not a good idea. They're unpredictable. Yeah. You don't want to like get a, a cat companion for them. No. Um, in, in the United States, so uh, the coyote's image has really gone through some weird transitions. Uh, early on, it had a really bad reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, it apparently was made way worse by Mark Twain when he wrote Rough in It and 1872. Oh, really? There were a few pages dedicated to how lowly a coyote is, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, yeah, we hate coyotes from that point on. But that actually followed in partially this view that had been around for ages that Native Americans had of coyotes. Not necessarily that it was a lowly animal, but that it was a trickster. Yeah. Kind of like a brer rabbit type. I think so. Um, but then he was also in some uh, with some some groups uh, like the creator god, the creator deity. There's all sorts of different roles that the coyote played in Native American mythologies because there were so many different Native American mythologies. Right. But it was very prominent in southwestern tribes um, mythologies, and very frequently is a trickster. Very frequently. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I don't have anything else. I don't believe I do either. If you see a coyote, haze it. Really shouldn't kill it. No. But make sure that it's kept on its feet and insecure. That's right. Your pets will thank you. Uh, If you want to know more about coyotes, go look up a coyote standing in a tree, and that will really set you off. (laughs) Since I said that, it's time for listener mail. Uh, I'm going to call this grizzly trigger warning email. Oh it has to do with our body under the bed episode. So, you know, if you're not into listening to this kind of stuff, uh-huh. tune it out. Okay. Hey, guys, listen to the body under the bed episode. And I was reminded of a similar awful case uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, where I live in 1998 in my neighborhood. An eight-year-old girl, Maddie, disappeared while playing outside one afternoon in your yard, uh, her yard. Long story short, her neighbor, Josh Phillips, who was 14 at the time, was playing with her and accidentally hit her in the head. Uh, she said with a baseball bat injuring her. I looked into this. Mm-hmm. Apparently the story was she threw the ball, he hit the ball, and the ball hit her in the face. Oh, man. She started bleeding and crying. He, and this is me talking now, not the email, he freaked out because his dad was an abusive alcoholic, mm-hmm. and he was afraid his dad was going to come home and see what he'd done. Mm-hmm. So he panicked uh, back to the email. He ended up killing her. To keep her quiet uh, and stashing her body in the cavern beneath his waterbed on the second floor of his house. 
Uh, in the eight days that follow, a massive community effort ensued to locate her. And Josh, her murderer, even participated in this, handing out flyers. He slept in that bed for seven nights over her body. Police had even searched the home several times. And the odor in his room was attributed to many pet birds and cages he had and a typical 14-year-old boy funk. Uh, not a bad band name either. She was discovered when they searched... <laughs> That's uh, a terrible band name. <laughs> 14-year-old boy funk? Typical 14-year-old boy <laughs> funk, yeah. Well, no, I just think boy funk, maybe. Nah, none of that's good. <laughs> I take it all back. All right. Uh, she was discovered when they searched the home again and noticed a stain on the ceiling <laughs> on the floor below his room. Um, I thought it was a blood stain, but I looked it up. I think it was a leak from the waterbed it stained. Oh, thank God. And that fortuitously led to finding her. Oh, wow. Uh, he remains in prison, which has always been a big debate here when it comes up for parole. Uh, How old just is he now, did happened. you say? Mm, I looked it up. I think uh, this was in 98, and he was 14 then. Oh, wow. Wow, he's been in prison the whole time, huh? Yeah, and it was uh, it's a very tough thing because, you know, his father was an abusive alcoholic. He reacted because he was afraid that he was going to come home and find mm-hmm. him out and freaked out and hit this girl with a baseball bat, mm-hmm. put her under the bed, and when he found that she was still making noise, this is where it gets really bad. He stabbed her like 11 times and killed oh, her. Oh, dude. So it is just... A sad, sad, tragic case all the way around. Uh, That is from Mary. She said, I love the show and have my husband hooked now, too. She said, the trauma then emotions of those eight days is something I will never, ever forget. I'll bet. Yeah, very tough case. I don't know if thanks is appropriate, Mary, but I can't think of anything else to say. Yeah, I don't even know why I decided to read that one. (laughs) That was really Sort of caught me, caught my attention. Yeah, I can see how Chuck. Uh, Well, if you want to get in touch with us like Mary did... Don't. <laughs> if you want to anyway, you can send us an email to stuffpodcast at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Are you thirsty? Well, Richard's rainwater is caught clean before it even hits the ground. Rain is naturally pure, so there's no need for harsh chemicals or additives. Richard's rainwater contains no chlorine, no forever chemicals, no microplastics, no nothing. Enjoy the smooth, clean taste of still rainwater or the cold-pressured bubbles of sparkling rainwater. Just visit richardsrainwater.com to find a retailer near you. That's richardsrainwater.com. And for a coupon, text STUFF to 251-292-8887 and receive $2 off a 12-pack case of Richard's Rainwater. Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month.